This is Kim Balorchi, and you're listening to Boldly Stated. A few days ago, I read an article by Nicole Hockley, whose son Dylan was killed in the Sandy Hook shooting. She said that before her son was killed, she was relatively apathetic about gun violence. She remembers hearing news of the shooting at the Aurora Movie Theater in 2012 and thinking, oh my God, this is horrible. Feeling tremendous sympathy for the victims and their families, feeling that pain that we all feel when we hear news of a mass shooting, thinking something has to be done to stop this. This is terrible. And then in a few days, moving on because there was no direct impact to her in that moment. And she said that, honestly, as time passed, she probably even potentially forgot about it. And then her son, Dylan, was killed six years old, murdered in a mass shooting at his school. What struck me about Nicole's article is that I honestly think so many of us are similarly apathetic about things that don't impact us directly. Whenever something bad happens, we do this threat analysis where we try to figure out how likely it is to happen to us or how likely it is to happen to someone that we care about. And To make ourselves feel more comfortable, we'll find all of the ways that what happened is different or far away or, you know, somehow unrelated to our own life. And then we get comfortable not acting upon it. And if you look at the data, it's kind of safe to do that, right? Because people who are affected tend to be the ones who seek the change. The apathy Nicole honed in on in her article really struck a nerve with me because I have seen this time and time again not just with respect to gun violence, but with so many of the major issues we are facing in this country. If it does not affect you directly, you are less likely to get involved. You are less likely to do something, to demand some sort of action be taken. You know, the thoughts, the prayers, the internal outrage is not useful to someone whose loved one has just been shot in a mass shooting or to someone who has just lost their child in a police shooting, or to someone who has just lost someone they love in a drunk driving accident. And I could go on and on. The point is, we tend to care about the things that impact us directly. And only then are we motivated. For the most part, this isn't a function of general ill will or not caring about other people. It's just that very, very strongly rooted in American mentality is individualism. And so we tend to focus more on what something means for us personally, far before we can ever focus on what it means for us collectively. We saw this recently with COVID. So many people were like, COVID's not real. It's not really serious. It's just the flu. I don't want to wear a fucking mask because it impinges on my liberty. But then when that same person has someone that they love who got COVID and ended up in the hospital on a respirator or God forbid died, it became real. And that same person is wondering why other people are not wearing masks and not taking it seriously, right? It's, again, only after experiencing something firsthand are we often able to look around us and want global change. But here's my genuine question. Do you really want to wait until something absolutely horrible happens to you to make you care enough to take action? In case you haven't noticed, the common denominators are smaller and smaller when we look at these mass shootings that are happening now 45 in one month in the U.S. 45. A mass shooting is defined as 
one event where four people or more are murdered. The randomness of them are increasingly obvious, right? Like there's no real way to protect yourself against a mass shooting, um, I guess, other than go nowhere ever, which is not an option. It's like public places, places where you're going to get groceries, movie theaters, schools, places of worship, places of work. Mass shootings are happening in every single place that we go. Every single thing that we do, people just show up to do everyday normal life activities and are being gunned down. Most of the time, it's a completely random thing that happens. And again, you know, you might be thinking, well, it's still a very small number in comparison to the population. But make no mistake, the number's going up, not down. I've seen some people say we're in denial. Our society is in denial. But I think it comes back to perhaps that, but also apathy. Lots of thoughts, lots of prayers, lots of feelings, no action. And if the reason we're not taking action is because we're not personally affected, right? If that's if that's the standard by which we measure whether we do something or we don't, is I have to first and foremost experience this pain myself to care about it. Think about how many people would have to die for us to actually effectuate meaningful change on guns. As Malcolm Gladwell talks about, the tipping point is the point at which something reaches critical mass. If we're talking about mass shootings and and gun violence, critical mass would be a place where so many people in the population had experienced the pain of losing a loved one to gun violence that we were willing to demand change as a society. And to be honest with you, as I've watched these mass shootings unfold over the years, I keep thinking that we're at the tipping point, but yet we never are. So I ask you, how close is close enough for us to be moved to demand change? Yesterday, I watched a man die. We were at a paintball tournament with my son, and a man went into cardiac arrest. And there was no AED at the field. And there were firefighters, there were paramedics who were participating in the event, um, ran over and began doing compressions. 911 was called, but... Um, There was nothing there to shock his heart, and he was down for at least 15 minutes while they were doing compressions before the first first responder came. And the first responder wasn't an ambulance. It was a policeman. And the policeman had an AED in his car, but um, it was he'd been down for a really long time at that point. Then a second policeman arrived, um, and then another maybe five or six minutes later, the paramedics arrived. Unfortunately, there was not an actual fire department in this particular town. So all of the the fire department, the paramedics were volunteer and they responding from home um, rather than having an on-call fire department. Now, he was down for 20 minutes or so before an ambulance arrived. And um, the, the the players who stopped, who had the, the experience to help him, I mean, they did compressions. They did everything that they could possibly do to help him. Um, I mean, there were six people there immediately helping him. But the reality is there was no AED at this facility, this facility that was running a tournament with 28 teams. This guy woke up yesterday to play paintball. He went to do his hobby, something he absolutely loves, and he ended up dead. And then I think about all of the victims of the mass shootings who went to do what they do and ended up dead. And the question I'm left with is, 
how many people who watched this guy die yesterday are actually going to do something about the fact that there was no AED at this field? How close is close enough? Was it enough to be there watching people desperately looking for any way to save this man's life? Or did he need to be someone that you knew and cared about? Is that even close enough? Or did it have to be someone that you love, whose loss you would feel every day for the rest of your life? If you were there yesterday and you saw in those first few critical moments, the people trying to help this man running, asking for an AED, only to learn that there wasn't one. If you were there and you realized that it's completely unacceptable that an event making so much money with so many participants would not have a defibrillator available, particularly when there is no fire department in the city that can respond quickly to an emergency? Do you feel personally responsible for reporting the violation and making sure that this never happens to another person? Or are you going to give the owner of the tournament the benefit of the doubt and assume he's going to go get one now since someone just died? Maybe you're thinking something really needs to be done here, but you're sure that someone else is going to do it. And maybe there's a part of you that doesn't want to do anything at all because you're worried about how it would impact your season. You're thinking, my God, we just got out of COVID and we're starting to get back to normal and these events are just starting to happen. You know, if this gets shut down, then my team is screwed and we don't get to play. How many days will pass before you kind of forget about the whole thing? How close would it need to be before you would act? And listen, if you've decided not to do anything, not to say anything, maybe you've convinced yourself it wouldn't have made a difference anyway. Maybe that's the problem we're all facing right now is (laughs) what can I do? It's not going to make a difference anyway. But what if it does? What if it makes a difference for just one person? You don't think one person is enough to speak up for? Well, consider this. Imagine the one person you love most in this world. Now imagine a random stranger decides to take action that would protect them, that would save them, that would prevent something absolutely horrible from happening to them. Of course you would say that your loved one is worth that effort. Now imagine if that stranger couldn't be bothered because, well, (laughs) they don't know your loved one and the issue just really doesn't hit home close enough for them to care. Look, I understand why having to feel something personally is such a strong motivator for taking action. It it actually makes sense when you think about human nature and, and what inspires us and what makes us want to do things. And I also know that if you prevent something bad from happening, you will actually never know what you did. The impact of that can be hard to see because the bad thing never happened, right? So... There are a lot of reasons why psychologically it makes sense for us to have to wait for something to impact us directly before we are really, really ready to go effectuate change. But if we stop making everything about us personally and we look at each other and we see what people are experiencing, and particularly when we notice it on a broad scale or we notice that something is wrong and shouldn't be happening, what if that becomes the new standard for close enough to act? This is Kim Balorchi, and you've been listening to Boldly Stated.